0: To another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is being recorded on Wednesday, December 2nd of 2020. And if you're following along in our newsletter, you can find it at mariehaines.com/newsletter. This is episode number 161. We've got some interesting stuff to talk about. I feel like there hasn't been a whole lot in terms of Google News over the last couple of weeks, which is probably a good thing for most of us. That I mean, we've had a lot of stuff this year more than I can remember in previous years, just very, very interesting innovations that have come out of Google um, and that make a lot of work for those of us who try to figure out what Google's doing and how we can make websites better (laughs) so that Google likes them. Um, In this episode, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, new news to announce, but we've got some interesting things to talk about. There is a little bit of turbulence in the SERPs. I'm going to share my thoughts on what's happening there. I don't think we're having a core update or anything at that point. Uh, at this point right now. Um, have a little bit of discussion on why Google might be taking longer to index new content. I have some thoughts on that. Uh, we had a poll that Lily Ray put on Twitter this week about should you disavow low-quality, highly-targeted blog spot links? I'll give more detail on that in a minute. Um, and in our Q&A section, we're going to talk about a question that came in about paginated content and whether Google would see this as duplicated content and whether it could hurt you or not. Uh, I've got a few thoughts on that as well. So let's get right into talking about potential algorithm updates. Uh, It certainly was very turbulent uh, in the SERPs over the last couple of weeks, and that's to be expected. So I know a large portion of our audience that is listening to this is in the United States, and obviously it was Thanksgiving last week uh, in the United States, and that will impact your traffic levels. Um, When we did our analytics check this week, we saw that the vast majority of the e-commerce sites that we monitor saw very big gains on Black Friday, kind of makes sense. That's a big shopping day, Uh, you know, most likely, I haven't looked in detail at Monday stats, but probably Cyber Monday, we're seeing big increases as well. It was interesting to see that the increases that we saw for e-commerce sites in many cases were much larger than they had uh, been in previous years. Now, uh, it would be nice for me to take credit for that. You know, we could go in and say, yay, the work that MHC did with this site improved them to the point where they made even more money on Black Friday. Uh, but I think it's probably related to the fact that more people are shopping online. I know myself, I did a bunch of shopping online this year. I usually like to try to get uh, you know, some things from local businesses, but this is a very different year, right? So if you're an e-commerce store, you probably saw an increase in traffic, um, hopefully, and in sales as well uh, last week. On the flip side, though, um, you know, a lot of people have been saying, well, the SERPs are changing, and uh, Barry Schwartz had an article in Search Engine Roundtable today saying that it looks like December 1st there was potentially an update uh, because all of the weather trackers, so the, the MozCast, the SEMrush sensor, things like that, they're all showing that there's turbulence. And when I say turbulence, I mean that, um, you know, they look at many, many different keywords, and they look at whether the rankings have changed for those keywords. And rankings change all the time. But there are certain days in which there seems to be shakeups. You know, if Google pushes out, say, a core update, then these tools are going to show that wow, rankings changed all over the place. You know, not just in a, a couple of areas, or not just because one website started to uh, to perform better, uh, but rather we're seeing things across many, many websites. Um, the the sensors were up last week and you know monday uh well monday was de- was not december 1st tuesday was december 1st uh, but regardless i do think that cyber monday um has an effect on the serps so if let's say you're an e-commerce store and you didn't see massive uh, improvements in rankings you might have more traffic because you're probably approaching your customers from multiple channels, not just Google. You know, you're probably sending out emails, and you have social, and you have people who find you from, from other uh, methods. Um, but uh, the, the SERPs are probably changing um, in response to what people want to see. So, for example, if I uh, you know, type in a certain type of shoe <laughs> that I'm buying, if I search that for that in Google in, say, July... I might see all sorts of articles on how the shoe was created and, you know, who wears this type of shoe and what I can accessorize this shoe with and, and, and things like that. And then, you know, that website that was ranking really well for that query, all of a sudden in early December, late November, starts to be outranked by sites like Amazon and things like that. Now, is that because Amazon has received more links? it's possible, but I think it's also because Google recognizes the changes in searcher behavior. So people who were searching for that topic maybe back in July, a good number of them were looking for information. But in December, Google's algorithms can figure out that the majority of people who are doing this type of search are actually looking to buy a product. And I'm pretty sure that Google's algorithms can figure out, you know, it seems that when most people search for this, they end up on Amazon and they buy a product off of Amazon. Does that mean you can never beat Amazon for ranking? No, that's that's not true. You certainly can beat Amazon, but it's tricky, right? And I've seen people say, well, I have way better content. Um, I'm thinking of one site in particular uh, that writes about a certain hobby. Um, and this hobby, if you get into it, there's tons of stuff to learn about it. And his website will rank really, really well for the vast majority of the year. And then when Christmas season comes, that's the time where he makes money from his website. Uh, I mean, he makes money throughout the year, but he makes a lot of money in Christmas season because people are buying uh, stuff related to this hobby. However, in December every year, Amazon starts to outrank him. And it's not because Amazon has better content. I do believe it's because Google's figured out that you know even though a lot of people buy from this particular website, people prefer to buy from Amazon. There's a, a level of trust. There's you know maybe they already have an account there. Uh, they know the refund policy. They've they've had good success buying things in the past. They know it's going to be delivered. If you have Prime, you know it'll be delivered very very quickly. Um, and those are all things. It's not like Google's algorithms uh, you know says ooh if delivery date is fast we should rank this higher, but. But instead, they try to predict what it is that most searchers are looking for. So if you notice that your e-commerce store uh, is not ranking as well as it did in November or previous, it may be that Google's figured out that for transactional searches, uh, maybe you're not the best option. And that's something where, uh, you know, it's possible that things could change. If it's not Amazon that's outranking you, Even if it is Amazon, you can look at the page that's outranking you and see, like, can I actually provide more value? And in some cases, if you can provide enough value, uh, those SERPs will switch and and Google will start to rank uh, the website that more people tend to prefer as well. So I guess what I'm trying to say is all of this talk about an update, uh, I do believe the SERPs have changed, but I don't believe that Google has pushed out any sort of significant update. Uh, We spot checked a good number of sites this morning uh, when Barry, Barry always says there's an update right when I'm about to publish a newsletter and podcast. Um, So we spent a good amount of time this morning trying to find sites that were uh, affected over the last few days. And in pretty much every case, the sites that were affected, there was a valid reason, and it was connected to Thanksgiving um, in most cases. Now, we do have uh, sites that are outside of the U.S. We have quite a few Um, You know, I didn't go into great detail looking at those as well. I think if it it turns out that some of these changes that we're seeing this week are sustained, then we'll do more in-depth investigation into uh, what Google has done. Um, But at this point, I would say we haven't seen a significant update recently, Um, which means that our last core update was in May, which was quite some time ago. Uh, And Google, you know, they've said, well, they're not going to hold off on publishing core updates just because we're in a pandemic. Uh, But also, you know, I think they're going to be really careful with what they do. Um so I anticipate uh, I had thought we would see an a core update very very soon. Uh it looks like my guess is it would maybe be January. Um last year it was January 14th was the the core update that we had. The one following that was May. Uh so who knows. I would expect probably a couple weeks into January we'll see that. And why that's important is for the vast majority of cases in our experience, if you were negatively affected by a Google core update, you can see some gains while you're making improvements. Like if you've improved the quality on your website and you've done things to improve your EAT and you've worked hard at improving um, the relevancy of your articles so that they're going to be more relevant to more searches, then you could see little gains, uh, you know, even without a core update. But what we tend to see with our clients that have been working excessively on trying to to improve their websites is that the core update will happen and there's massive hockey stick growth if you're going to see growth. Um, and so those of you who have been hit by a core update and you're waiting to recover, hang in there because uh, it may be that you need to, to wait until Google finally pushes one of these out. So hopefully, I, I really don't, think that it will be in December. I can't recall us ever having a very significant core update uh, in December, Uh, and they do try to put a freeze on new things going out over the holiday season. So uh, stay tuned for January. I really think that we're going to have something significant happening then. So Google uh, produced a blog post this week talking about latest conversational updates to search. I thought this was really interesting. I actually thought Google was doing this already, but I think they've just... Made improvements on it. Um, what they talked about was how Google's going to start, uh, maybe not start, but pay more attention to what is the purpose for of your searches, um, and then your searches following that. Uh, can be affected by what your first search was. So the example that they gave was, let's say you were doing some searches for Thanksgiving recipes and you've been, you know, reading all these recipes on roasting turkey and and things related to cooking for Thanksgiving. So now let's say you do a search that starts with carving, C-A-R-V-I-N-G, kind of weird word, carving. If Google didn't know that you had previously been searching for Thanksgiving things, the results that you would see would be things like carving wood. That's probably one of the more popular things that when people search for carving, they're looking for things uh, related to wood carvings. Uh, But now that Google knows, well, look, you have just been searching for all these Thanksgiving things, you're probably doing a search on carving a turkey. And uh, you'll notice that Google will be um, um, producing results that uh, are connected to your your previous searches. So, this kind of aligns with our theories that Google's trying to understand relevancy more to provide a better search experience. I do think this is going to make keyword research more challenging. I don't know about you, but I've noticed a few times especially in the last week or two that I've done a search for something and I see a page I'm like, "Oh, this looks like this will have my answer." And I go to the page and I control F and there's my, the word that I searched for is not on the page. Like, so for example, let's say I it was carving a turkey, and then I search for the word carving on the page and it's not there. My first thought when I saw this was, whoa, Google is taking a step back here. They're not as good as they used to be because this page is not relevant. I wanted a page that talked about carving, um, and carving is not even on this page. But now I see how that makes sense, right? Because if I actually read through the content on the page, even though the word carving isn't there it could be a whole page that talks about how to slice a turkey and that is really uh mind-blowing to me I mean it it in one sense, you could say, well, these are just synonyms. Google's understood synonyms for quite a while, but they're getting better and better at understanding intent. So imagine that post on how to slice a turkey that doesn't even mention the word carving starts ranking. And in, in uh, Search Console, they're seeing that, oh, we're ranking for how to carve a turkey. Uh, and we haven't even put those words in our document. You know, I think the way we do SEO now is we would look at that and say, well, let's actually add the word carving in there a few times And we'll start to rank a bit more for those terms. Uh, But I think we're going to see more and more that uh, we can't look at individual keywords. We have to look at everything through the eyes of not a machine, but through the eyes of an actual searcher. And uh, this is going to make tool use more challenging for a lot of things. Um, And those of you who do a lot of work like we do with manually reviewing a lot of things, uh, because I find in so many cases, Tools can be helpful, but anytime you introduce shortcuts, uh, I feel like quality suffers when we do this. Uh, So um, stay tuned. I I think that there's going to be some very interesting stuff coming up uh, in Google's understanding of language. And it might make SEO a little bit more challenging uh, as we have to get better um, at uh, using our brains as opposed to relying on a tool to tell us, oh, this is what you should be doing with your website. Um, Let's talk about Google taking a long time to index new content. Uh, There was a great discussion on uh, Twitter about um, about the types of new content uh, that are not getting indexed and some theories, and we've included this in the newsletter. I, I really would encourage you to, to take a look at it because it really was a great discussion. Um, we've been seeing a lot of complaints for several months now from people who are really struggling to get new content indexed. And as you probably know Google has temporarily removed the option to submit pages in search console. Uh, and so I think a lot of people are, you know, we're trying repeatedly to submit new content to Google and it was failing. And so they'd go back and use the index URL tool and, uh, and then it still wasn't working. And, um, I think Google took the tool away just because so many people were using it to try to get content indexed that Google doesn't want to index. So, Let me expand that a little bit further. Um, Let's say that you were trying to index a whole bunch of pages that cover uh, a certain topic, like a certain how to buy a product in your niche. In the past, Google would index that content, and then over time, they'd figure out how to rank it. So it would get into the index, and then we'd often see things where new content would have what I used to call a honeymoon boost, uh, where Google would rank it really well initially. And then they'd see kind of like, oh, nobody actually clicks on this, and that it would start not ranking so well. Or what we like to see is Google would see, wow, we ranked this well, and people actually engaged with it, and they seem to like this content, so we'll keep that good ranking. (laughs) Or maybe we'll improve the ranking. Um, And then uh, content that people didn't like, Google, it would just not rank well. Now, Google, we know, is getting way better at analyzing content uh, via BERT, and BERT is so good at natural language processing and understanding, uh, basically, um, just understanding content. So we expect that Google's algorithms can essentially say, well, we've already got a whole bunch of excellent pages on how to choose which one of these products to buy, And we see that this new page that you're trying to index is nowhere near as helpful as those that we've already got. So why should we bother indexing it at all? And I think that we're used to seeing that ultra spammy content doesn't uh, index sometimes but this is a new thing for some of us to see that content that is not ultra spammy, but it's also not the best of its kind that it's not indexing. So my theory is that Google has removed the request indexing tool because so many people were repeatedly submitting content that will never make it to the index (laughs) um, because it's not any better than what's currently ranked. And I, you know, so why is this important? I, I think it's important for those of you, if you are struggling to get pages indexed, you really should look at the quality of those pages. And that's a hard thing to do on your own. We often have people say the way that they judge quality is by comparing it to what currently ranks. So, you know, I could write some incredible article. The example I always use of a a topic that I don't really know a lot about is Bitcoin. Uh, So I could probably write a really good article on Bitcoin uh, by doing a bit of research, right? And I could look at my article and go, well, this is, this is a very good article. I think it should rank. But Google's got so many factors that I can't see. Uh, And Google can probably tell that I'm not known as an expert on Bitcoin. And they've already got tons of great articles on Bitcoin from people who are seen as experts on Bitcoin. Um, And that's just two components of ranking that I've put in there. There are many, many other factors. So if you're struggling to get content indexed, I would urge you not to say what is wrong with Google. But instead to look at what could I improve with my content? Um, and that's something that we can potentially help with. Uh, we've, we've started to do that for a few clients. If you want to reach out to us, it's um, mariehaines.com slash help. Uh, we're still pretty early in you know, trying to figure out how to uh, improve content based on understanding intent as opposed to just looking at keywords. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff that uh, I really feel like this is a, a transition point for SEO. Um, and that people who are gonna be successful at SEO uh, in the future are those who can truly, truly think um, and understand, well, why would somebody prefer to see this type of content? And again, if you find yourself saying, look, this is not indexing and it's a perfectly good piece of content and there's something wrong with Google, I'd urge you to have somebody else. It doesn't have to be me. You can put it in the Google Help forums um, and uh, and just get some feedback as to uh, why uh, people might not like your pages um, because uh, it's usually – from what I've seen all of the ones that I've reviewed a lot of people have come to me saying like well this is not getting indexed and it's perfectly fine content and we review it and it's like well yeah it's okay content but it's there's no reason for Google to say we want to prefer this um, let's talk about improving EAT. This actually is a section that is sponsored by Ahrefs. Um, I think it's relevant to everybody. If you were trying to improve your EAT, which if you're trying to rank a website for anything important, then you should be continually working on improving your EAT. Uh, if you're new to this topic, we have a very thorough article that we've kept updated, uh, for the most part at mariehaynescom slash EAT, Um, and, uh, um, it's kind of written out everything that's in the quality raters guidelines, everything Google said in, in documents, uh, even in conferences, uh, we've documented which parts we think are theory and which parts Google's backed up for us. Uh, and so there's really good information there about EAT. One of the things to know about EAT is that it's very closely tied to links, the authoritativeness. There's a document that Google produced on, um, how they fight disinformation. And they have a section in there that says that PageRank is very closely tied to authority, and that makes sense, right? Uh, uh, a website that is highly authoritative is going to have good PageRank, um, and that's—it's very hard to manipulate EAT. You know, I could, I could go buy an expired domain. Uh, that maybe has uh, a page rank of seven or something. Um, but if it's lacking the EAT, that that's going to change. You know, Google Google's algorithms are much harder to fool now, and EAT is a very, very challenging thing to... You, you don't want to try to be um, making up EAT. So... Um, If you're trying to improve EAT, one of the things that we recommend is to get good links. And uh, I saw this tweet by Tim Solo from HREFs, and I thought, you know, this would be the perfect thing for me to talk about in podcast uh, this week, where he talked about how HREFs has a, uh, in the referring domain section, you can actually use the search function to see which pages on your website has a certain website linked to. So what I think is a really good exercise for any of you to do is uh, if, if you have access to Ahrefs, and you can get this data in Search Console. You just have to kind of play around with spreadsheets a little bit more. Um, it's, it's easier to do in Ahrefs, but I recognize all, not all of you are um, are members of uh, Ahrefs. Um, but you can, what I did was I thought, okay, who are some of the authoritative websites uh, that we want to get links from for mariehaines.com? And so one example would be, let's say, Search Engine Journal is known as an authoritative place where uh, articles on SEO get published. And so I put this into the hrefs referring domains tool and it showed me that we have 30 links sorry 40 links coming from search engine journal and then I was able to go through each of those links and I made a note of what type of content they were linking to and I saw that um, by far and then we did this for several other authoritative SEO sites as well and it became really obvious that the things on mariehaines.com that get links and I'm talking about getting links without us doing outreach so we put content out there and some writer for search engine journal or search engine land or wherever uh, has said look we want to reference this thing that's on MarieHaines.com," um and we saw that we got links from our case studies uh quotes from googlers that uh, at events that maybe weren't widely covered um, by the rest of uh, uh the big seo publications and thorough guides like we wrote a guide uh callum on my team wrote a guide for about core web vitals and we keep that updated regularly um things like that uh get linked to. And anything we write about disavowing links gets links from authoritative places. Now, that might seem like a no-brainer to you. Uh, I mean, those are the things that we're kind of known for, right? Um, Also, the stuff on EAT, we get a lot of uh, links to that too. Um, So why did this information help me? It helps me because as we're trying to figure out what content to uh, produce in the future, I could see that, you know what, our newsletter doesn't get linked to a whole lot. Um, and when these uh, authoritative places link to us, they tend to link to this, this, and this. And so as we're trying to decide what new content to create, um, now you could do this by looking at you know just all the links that you get to your website, but it's usually very diluted. I don't care so much about links from no-name blogs, um, links from uh, Roundup posts, things like that. Like They, they may help. Um, there's no harm in getting those probably, as long as you're not manipulating it and doing it on a massive scale. But But doing this exercise very quickly showed me what types of content we should be producing in the future uh, to get more links from authoritative places, which will increase or has potential to increase our authoritativeness, um, increase our EAT, and help us to rank for things that uh, Google only wants to rank authoritative websites for. So I think you can understand that, um, you know, you, you, let's say you decided to create a blog and, um, you know, you've never written on EAT before. But you write this really great article on EAT. Well, Google's not likely to rank that because they don't see any experts in the field actually mentioning your EAT stuff. Um, so it's very, very important to pay attention to not just getting links, but getting links from uh, people that are seen as authorities or uh, businesses that are seen as authorities in your niche. So I thought that was really interesting. We have more stuff in newsletter uh, about that and about how you can some screenshots, how you can do that on HREFs. Um, thought that was something that would be a good exercise for most businesses to do. Uh, let's talk about this poll that Lily Ray put on Twitter. She said, when you see hundreds or even thousands of low-quality, highly-targeted targ- highly blog spot URLs in your client's backlink profile, how do you choose to handle these, assuming most of the sites look like total garbage? Uh, and so 42% of the 510 people that voted on this said they would ignore those links because they're just spam. And for the vast majority of cases, I would agree. If you've never done manipulative link building, uh, you know, if you never hired an SEO to build links for you and you just have a fantastic website and you notice that all of a sudden you start getting links from weird blogspot sites. Uh, and a lot of those are, um, I can see them right in front of me. I know those of you who audit links can see these really crappy blogspot domains that they have a lot of images with broken images, and they link out often with keyword anchors. Um, And I don't know how they get created. I think they just honestly scrape content from all over the web and, uh, and link out to a whole bunch of sites. If you're seeing links like that and you have not been involved in link building yourself, there's a very, very good chance that Google is just ignoring all of these, and they're not paying any attention whatsoever to them. However, if you see links like this, and you also have a pattern of manipulation, then uh, we do believe that you should be disavowing these links. Um, Google has talked several times about how if there is a strong enough pattern that shows that a website's been building links in a way to prop up their rankings, um, artificially. So in a way that, uh, those links really aren't truly mentions, but they're self-made. If there are enough of those, then Google may just decide to not count not put trust in the majority of links to your website. Um, and if that happens, that can impact your rankings. We're actually, I I do think Andrew on my team is going to be producing some case studies, uh, soon seeing as, as, um, People like to link to case studies, right? Uh, he's going to be producing some case studies soon, along with me, on uh, sites that have we have seen some improvements with disavowing, um, and uh, in even recently, uh, where we feel like disavowing removed some sort of a, a distrust from google um it's always hard to prove because in most cases it's it's rare that we do just a disavow but we have a few cases now that we uh we're ready to share um where it really does look like disavow helped uh but these are all sites uh, i don't i can't think of a single case where a site had only spammy links um and uh, you know that's all we disavowed and then we saw improvements if we see improvements it's usually because we've disavowed a bunch of links that were either paid for or um uh, made on purpose. So, you know, that's a tough question to answer, um, you know, with a flat answer. But, uh, in most cases, if you see spam like this, you can ignore it. Uh, but also one thing to know, if you see a sudden influx of spammy links, it could mean that your site has been hacked. Uh, and that there's many, many ways that that can happen. So I won't get into all those details. Um, so I wouldn't say you should completely ignore spammy blogspot links. But sometimes you can with just uh, a little bit of investigation. Um, let's see here local SEO there was a little bit of fluctuation the bright local local flux tool shows a Tiny bit of increase showing maybe some algorithm updates uh, over the last week I think this falls in line with what we were talking about before uh, Where people's search patterns have changed and uh, due to the holiday season coming up And I think that's probably what we're looking at here I don't think we had any sort of major local algorithm update at this time um, in newsletter, we've got some really interesting stuff. I'm going to end with, um, a question here, q and A Q&A about duplicate content. Uh, but, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I think this stuff will be easier for you to get from newsletter. Um, there's a tool that I really want to investigate that talks about, uh, leveraging the wayback machine and you can find the, um, like when URLs changed in content and, and, uh, um, and stuff like that. That looks really, really helpful. We use archive.org the Wayback Machine probably every day. At least one of my auditors is using it. Um, If you're trying to investigate a traffic drop um, for a a site that you're not Terribly familiar with it can be really helpful to look back and see uh, did the design change before um, before the drop did the did I remember one site where the internal links all got stripped out and we noticed that where we looked at archive and said oh <laughs> all these things are underlined that are no longer underlined on your site um, and uh, uh, you can see a lot by looking at what content used to look like as compared to today um, in newsletter also we've got information on. Uh, Last week, we talked about Search Console giving us crawl data. It turns out that that's not super accurate, so we've got a little bit of a discussion on where the discrepancies are there. Um, stuff from Google on best use of anchor text in your links. Uh, and we've got some local SEO content on how to create really good content for, uh, for local websites and a bunch more. So again, mariehaines.com slash newsletter. I want to end with this question. If you want to ask me a question, um, you can do that uh, in newsletter there's a, a form that you can submit or just send it into mariehaines.com slash help uh, there's a contact form there help at mariehaines.com as well works um, here's the question what do you do with pages like this domain slash page slash two domain slash page slash three and four and so on to avoid duplicate content that's the question it's short and sweet <laughs> so duplicate content is really misunderstood by SEOs and I think I know why, so back when Panda first came out, now, if you want to feel old, if you're in SEO and and you remember when Panda first came out, we're coming up on ten years now it was uh, uh, uh two thousand eleven yeah two thousand eleven that that happened um so when Panda first came out it didn't it wasn't called Panda it was eventually named Panda after uh, the engineer that was uh, in charge of the project uh, Nandu Panda. But, um... Uh, but then initially it was called the Farmer Update and we called it that, the SEO community called it that because we noticed that the websites that were hit the most were websites that farmed content from other sources and then republished it as their own Um, the one example I can think of right now was eHow Uh, well eHow had a lot of thin content I'm trying to think of some of the farming domains I know some of you can think of them now but there were a lot of websites that saw drops where they had simply aggregated other people's content and I think that this um uh, and it was true you know people started developing theories to say well look if you publish other people's content and try to pass it off as your own that could be seen as a negative in google's eyes um and that uh has been kind of this iffy uh, not very well explained belief for over 10 years now i would say I, i think it started long before panda but panda sort of perpetuated this um and the, the thing is, though, so the Quality Raiders Guidelines talk about uh, duplicate content, and they talk about it in multiple ways. Um, duplicate content can be an issue and it doesn't have to be copied exact one-to-one the Raiders guidelines talk about what's called near duplicate content where like let's say uh, CNN publishes this article on some big news story and you take that article and you just change the words slightly so that uh, a machine can't pick it up as being duplicate uh, but a reader would go well I just read all of this on CNN why would I want to read it on your website that's duplicate content as well right Um, where that becomes an issue is when that's like the main focus of your website so in most cases duplicate content is not a huge deal if if google sees that uh there's an article on your website that originated on some other website um it's not like google's gonna say ah that's one strike one now let's see if we can find any more and then once you get to a certain tipping point Google says, that's it, this website is garbage. You know, it's it's not like that, right? Um, It's more like that particular piece of content, your website's not likely to rank for it. Now, let's say that your website, that's all that you have on your website, like nothing super valuable, uh, but just you've you've accumulated content from other websites and nobody really wants to go to your website. They just want to go to the other websites. That could be seen as a negative as well. But what you're talking about here is um, duplication that comes because of your CMS, really. Uh, so pa- page, paginated content, if I have like... Here's page 64 of my blog content, and every word that's on these ep- excerpts that's on uh, that particular page is taken from another article, right, because that's, uh, that's how those category pages work, how those paginated pages work. Um, is that an issue?" it would, if Google, if Google counted that as a negative, that would impact a lot of sites uh, in a way that doesn't make sense, right? Like, Google expects to see paginated content. Um, we've sort of gone back and forth on this over the years as to whether you should no-index paginated content, um, and then uh, Google came out and said, well, you know what, when you no-index know content, we don't crawl it anymore, and any links on those pages are, are worthless, um, and we actually think there could be some value in the internal links on uh, these search pages. Um, so we don't recommend completely getting rid of them. And uh, there's to Talk about completely how to fix paginated content is something that uh, we could probably do a whole episode on that. Um, if we do, you know, I've been talking about having some of my auditors come and uh, and just chat with me while uh, while we're doing podcast because I'm just thinking Alec uh, in particular um, has done some really great work into pagination and whether Google dislikes it and 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 the proper way to uh, to do a paginated series. That's that's a whole talk for another day. That maybe I'll have Alec with me at one point um, to talk about that but in this case if you have paginated content and you're worried that it's causing duplication I wouldn't be the only time I'd be worried about that is if your paginated pages are outranking your actual pages you know so if, if if our page on EAT was not ranking but our like archive of um, SEO articles, uh, our paginated archive was ranking above it. Well, then I'd be looking at what's going on with my site structure. Am I linking internally to my EAT page? Am I sending signals to show Google that uh, this is a very important page on our website? Um, but if you're just worried about the fact that you have tons of paginated pages in the index, uh, and you'll find them in the index, you know, we'll do a search for like site colon example.com, um, in URL slash page and we'll see, oh, you've got 400 pages in the index of paginated content. The thing is though, um, just because it's in Google's index doesn't mean that it's actually ranking for stuff. So if your paginated pages are actually ranking for a bunch of things, then I would kind of look at whether you could take advantage of that. You know, let's say that page three of something is like really ranking for a number of keywords. Why is the article itself not ranking? Uh, you know, so you know there's there's some insight that I would be looking at there to try to fi- figure things out. Um, but having paginated content in the index, I do not think is a negative in Google's eyes. I can't say I'm 100% um, sure on that, but I'm I'm pretty certain on it. So uh, I don't think you need to uh, to worry there. Well, I think we'll end it there. I think that's all we've got to discuss for this week. Again, we've got some really great stuff in our newsletter. Those of you who are Fortnite fans, I'm sure you know it is is uh, season five just started today. My download's done. I'm waiting to be done my day so I can jump on and see what the new season is about. It looks like uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I hope you are doing well. I hope you're handling these holidays okay. I know it's uh, challenging for a lot of people. I feel like my family, we're starting to uh, come back around now and adapt to the, um, the new normal now that uh, is not normal <laughs> in any way. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings.